So we're going to try to kind of do two things right now. We're, we're recording a podcast, but we're also recording a video. Of the podcast. There you go. Because um, we're kind of thinking that we might want to have our podcasts on video um, and put them up on the Brand Grand YouTube channel. So this is our test run, mostly because we're stuck in a car um, and we've been doing a lot of recording video. Um, <coughs> so we're going to see how recording the podcast goes. Um, in video form, basically, video see form. if this is compelling or yeah. interesting, you know. Yeah. Um, so, the podcast, uh, for those of you who just watch our video channel, the podcast is called... Uh, it's like, I, wait, I, I was about curve. to say the wrong sorry, thing. Sorry, sorry. Um, it's called um, The Sacred Arts of Tattooing and Body Modification. Um, and we'll leave a link in the show notes. And just like the way we do the YouTube channel isn't just farming, it's becoming fully human is the title of the channel. Yeah. It's more than just farming. It's, right. it's an exploration of humanity from the perspective of two artists. Right. You know, <clears throat> uh, our podcast usually deals with body modification mainly. So we're going to talk about that today. And, uh, the ideas of uh, sovereign control over your own body. And uh, we figured it actually worked out well. We've been meaning to do one on cultural appropriation uh, for a while. And yesterday we went to a mound site and we got to see a lot of stuff related to the uh, ancient prehistoric Mississippian culture. Yep. Um, very, very interesting. We went to Monk's Mound in Collinsville, I think Illinois. Um, it was fascinating. Um, so, yeah, cool stuff. Basically, we're going to talk about some of that stuff and some of the stuff we saw yesterday, but we're also really just going to talk about what the ideas are when it comes to cultural appropriation. What's the difference between appreciation and appropriation? Yeah, well, yeah. You know, power over your own body, stuff like that. All right. This is episode seven. We have not been very good at uh, staying on top of posting regularly, and we are hoping, as we say every time, to change that. Um, life has been a bit complicated recently, as everyone knows. Um, we only have posted one since the pandemic started, um, and uh, we've been working like six or seven days a week, um, which I'm going to tire. So, uh, because we're working so much, we really haven't had a chance to sit down and record something. Today, we are on day eight of our road trip. Is it? Yeah, it's day yeah, eight. Day eight, Monday. Um, I had to think because when we're doing the videos, I'm always at least a day plus behind on a video. So, when I put up the video today, the video today was day six of the road trip. And yet we're on day eight, yeah. so we're we're like forty-eight hour laps. Um, so, again, for those of you who don't know, where we were in Missouri, we had no Wi-Fi. Yeah. Wi-Fi out here is kind of a rumor; it's not really a thing that exists. And so you can be uh, as productive as you want, 
but one of the things that's a plus about this trip, and I was saying I was thankful to T for this, is that you're forced to be in the moment more than you are to be on the phone. I'm not yeah. spending any time really. You know, on I the I phone. check my emails once at night when we, you know, wherever we land, maybe, and yep. uh, that's pretty much it. Which is kind of a nice break from. Uh, we're not really on social media except to post, so that's kind of nice. Um, and hopefully, once we get back, it'll kind of keep to the same thought process. Um, I don't know about. I, I enjoy the posting the videos. I enjoy sharing stuff this way. For me, especially Facebook, social media is very toxic. Yeah. And uh, I think for everybody. It's for everybody, and I respond really poorly to a lot of that. And uh, you know, when we say we've been busy, a lot of people have been. Right. dealing with a lot of crazy and I think that we're going to have a little bit more crazy so we're trying to ignore the crazy and do the stuff that's fun yeah um, you know focus more on the positive and what, what, what we want out of life and our goals and um, and all that kind of stuff so anyway welcome to episode 7 there we go um, <clears throat> this is going to be kind of more of a, a free flowing conversation we have a few ideas about what we want to be talking about because I've been kind of stewing over some things over the last few months um, and we keep talking about wanting to talk about these things so now is the time. So cultural appropriation. <clears throat> yeah okay so this is kind of a thing um, and Jay and I have been talking about it a lot recently because we're trying to start setting boundaries for clients who are interested in getting designs um, that we consider to be inappropriate. Um, and again, this is our opinion based on our experience and understanding of the world. Not every artist has the same ideas. He and I don't even have the same ideas necessarily. Um, and it's, everybody has their own standards and set of, uh, you know, where they're, where they draw their line. So for me, um, cultural appropriation um, is uh, actually let me start let me start with this because I think this is probably the best example of cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation and then we can kind of dig into it um, I have okay The Maori are probably the most, um, this is uh, indigenous people of New Zealand, for those who are unfamiliar, um, have a very, very strong cultural tradition of tattooing. Um, and it was outlawed at a point in time by their colonial government. Um, and it became very, uh, dangerous to be tattooed um, partly uh, because um, Europeans were hunting the Maori people who were tattooed taking their heads which was a Maori ta tradition and uh, preserving the heads and taking them to museums or private collections to to keep their tattoos. Um, because of that, um, there are a lot of illustrations from the like 
I'm going to just totally make these numbers up. They're not necessarily accurate. We'll try and put those in the notes. Um, I want to say like the 1600s, maybe 1700s. Um, there are a lot of illustrations of explorers um, and museum collections that have, have recorded the specific tattoos of um, people who were... Uh, uh, the people that were encountered and people who were um, murdered for their skin. Um, <clears throat> not in the same category necessarily. Um, there are a lot of portraits that were painted of Maori and traditional um, clothing and have their traditional decorations uh, illustrated as well. Um, so because we have this large record of traditional decorations of the Maori people and other Polynesian Islanders as well. Um, a lot of people go into books, directly take those designs, place them upon their body in some way, shape, or form. I have seen people take facial patterns and put them on their bicep or arm or leg or back. Um, that is not okay. Um, and the reason that it's not okay is um, in those cultures, um, those, there is no such thing as someone getting the same tattoo as anyone else. Um, the des designs and pattern work are very specific to the individual. Um, it tells their life story. It tells their ancestry. It tells what they do, um, what their skills are, what their uh, crafts are, what their children, you know, like everything about them, uh, where, what part of the, you know, island they're on, who their direct connections are. Um, all of their great achievements as warriors or hunters or what have you, um, <clears throat> their spiritual status, all of that stuff is on, on their, is included in their body markings based on very specific patterns that are culturally specific. Um, <clears throat> so taking those designs and placing them upon your body is cultural appropriation because they are not yours. They don't have anything to do with you, don't have anything to do with your culture, and they are specifically related to an, another individual's life. Yeah, I so, think about it in terms of, uh, most people are familiar with stolen valor. Stolen valor is when you dress up like a member of the military, or you claim to have done military service while you have not. It's, it's offensive because the people who do that actually do military service and can claim it, have put their life on the line, they have suffered, they have sacrificed, and to have somebody do that is wildly offensive for obvious reasons. It's different in when you have an actor in a movie portraying somebody, but I think even then you have the, do, you should be doing the due diligence as the actor not to be misportraying someone just because you have an opportunity to make a little bit of money. Um, when cultural appropriation among groups of people, oftentimes they go, yeah, I relate to that. I had a guy recently who was like, I'm gonna get this Japanese thing, or I'm gonna, then he changed his mind like five times, then it's Nordic, then it's Celt. No, this stuff really means something to me. And when he said he was gonna come in for his console while his son was getting a tattoo, he punked out and he didn't come in at all. His, his, the mother came in instead. So I don't know why I was dealing with that, but again, one of the problems is this guy was just latching on to whatever he saw something on Vikings. Kinda cool. It's just kinda cool. And, you know, again, 
you didn't earn it. You don't know anything about it. You're literally right. picking something off and, the menu. And so that's kind of that's kind of my, um, and I'll get into that a little bit more. So appreciation, alternatively, would be so um, the c- contemporary term for it is kiratui, which is a Polynesian style. Um, it is the word that many Polynesian style tattoo artists use when they're talking about designs that they have created that are just for decorative purposes or for people who are not part of that tradition culturally. So many Polynesian tattoo artists of all all stripes uh, across all different island cultural groups um, are okay with tattooing non-indigenous people with indigenous looking marks using the patterns that are traditional um, but they don't mean things in the same way um, that an indigenous person's marks would be so they have a the same aesthetic um, they are meant purely um, you know they're meant I should say more for decorative purposes than for um, uh marking life events although some of those artists will incorporate those ideas into the tattoo um so if you want to talk about your family and your loyalty and um love of your ancestors or what have you um they'll use that kind of pattern work into your piece but it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing that it would for indigenous people who um, are getting similar marks. Um, so if you really like Polynesian culture and you're fascinated by the artistic style and you really want to show your appreciation, maybe you take a trip to, um, you know, New Zealand or, um, any of the Polynesian islands, Hawaii, um, and you want to get a mark that reminds you of that time and how much you love, uh, and appreciate their culture, that is totally okay. Like, in, in my opinion, that is completely appropriate. Um, when we've had people inquiring about Polynesian tattoos in the past, um, we've had a few in the last six months. Um, typically, my process for dealing with those, because obviously I'm not Polynesian, I have done a lot of um, work studying Polynesian tattoo culture. Um, I spent like four years of my life very, very focused on it. Um, I have a ton of reference materials discussing different pattern, um, how, you know, design, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I understand it. Um, and I could design a tattoo that respectfully, um, incorporates those elements. Um, when someone inquires about it, the first thing I ask is, what do you want it to relate to? What do you want it to say? What what do you want it to say about you, your life? What do you want it to mean? And if the person doesn't have an answer, the likelihood of them getting tattooed by me is very slim. Um, Because you obviously haven't thought about it. Um, If you are just like, hey, Polynesian's cool, and you don't want to put any effort into your thought process for your design, I'm, I'm not going to design something for you. I'm not going to spend the time. Um, because I don't, I think that falls into the cultural appropriation lane. Um, 
if you're like, oh, I, you know, I spent a lot of time in this place and I wasn't able to get tattooed and I, I really, or I've done a lot of studying of this culture and it's really fascinating and it's horrifying what, you know, colonialism has done. And I really want to respectfully, uh, put that on my body so that I can remember, um, that, how, that passion that I have for that culture. Um, we can talk. Um, and that is across many, many boards. Um, I don't know how, what's you, you have a so slightly different I, No, I don't know if it's slightly different. Here's the okay. thing. Like if, if you want, you know, like T's saying, you, there, are, there is a style of art, Kiratui, which is used by the Samoan Polynesian tattoo artists so that they could basically make some money off the tourists who wanted to have their tattoos but didn't get their tattoos. I think that, for me, comes into the realm of that's fine for a Polynesian or a Samoan tattoo artist. That's not what I am. Um, because that's what they're using it for, mostly, I think, that really is something I defer. I now defer people to Samoan or Polynesian artists. And there are a couple in the area that yeah. we do refer people and that's, to. And, that's, and I'm not saying you can't do it, because they've said, like, yeah, this is for people who want to wear our, our stuff but can't wear our stuff. I, I am hyper, I've become hypercritical of this. Like, you watch something with the rock on it, now your belief is that this is something you're into. It's like the whole, I, oh, I like Japanese tattoos. What do you know about Japanese culture? What do you know about the tattoo? And you find out five minutes later, they watch The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise like twice. And then one time their uncle showed them a crappy Japanese sword and that really inspired them. And that's about all the thought process they put into it. At that point, I call it cultural appropriation, because to yeah. me, that's what it is. Now, if you've actually studied this, she studied Polynesian and Samoan art, and she's respectful and, you know, not likely to jump in and just start doing this stuff, that's not appropriation, it's appreciation, and she's being careful. You know, again, when, when, the, when the Maori, when the English are writing in the late 1800s, the English are writing, I remember Shanna Rubin's dad telling me about this. Uh, he passed on, unfortunately, wonderful human being. I remember him telling me about this years ago, that the Maori, they had written, the English had written books in the late 1800s about how to harvest the Maori so as to best preserve their tattooed faces. Yeah. Because of the acts of the English and other groups like them who were picking up with the, what the savages were already doing, which is headhunting, that made it so these people couldn't even wear their own art and practice their own traditions. That's appropriation and rape. It's, it's awful, it's horrific. I find it frustrating that in today's society, where people are literally given a glimmer of something for two seconds, they all of a sudden, they do it and that's go, them. Oh, that sounds really cool, I like that. I follow more Instagram models, models, who decided, you know, two years ago to start putting runes and war paint on their faces, and now they're Vikings. But you go back far enough, they're not into any of this. They don't even know what it means. They're just like, oh, look, it's right. it's cool. And you know what? I like face paint, paint on attractive people. It doesn't bum me out. Looking at attractive people, people that I find attractive, with face paint, great. That's fantastic. But dressing up like Spider-Man doesn't make you Spider-Man any more than putting a bunch of crap on your face makes you a heathen. And as someone who is passionate about the heathen Celtic tradition I'm involved in, I hate when people go, hey, what is the, uh, 
what is the rune for? Right. So this you know, is something that we've been encountering because our our specific uh, focus is uh, Celtic, um, Scandinavian, um, related to our Celtic and Scandinavian ancestry. Um, so we do a lot of work with runes and ogum and knot work and um, mythologies of those types. And one of the things that we get asked a lot and um, is uh, what's the rune for love? What's the rune for relationships? What's the rune that means uh, wolf fighter or whatever? Um, so, and that kind of, yeah, so that's kind of the next, uh, another aspect of this, which because it affects us directly, really irritates us, is that um, not understanding the marks that are you're putting on your body is, I mean, from my perspective, spiritually speaking, a dangerous thing to do. Um, if you don't know what it says, if you go onto Pinterest, and we're going to use Pinterest because that is the place that most of this false information shows up, um, and you find um, some created bind runes that, you, that have meanings. So, meanings. meanings. Um, now, I, I create bind runes personalized for individuals based on their story, what they are looking to do, what they are about, what their life has been, what they, you know, want to remind not themselves. Not generic of. crap. Like well, last summer, I went to some friggin' island. Like actual stuff. Right. So when you go online and you look up the symbol for, and this is not just with runes, it is with. Um, kanji, Chinese symbols, Japanese symbols, um, uh, indigenous symbols of all nations, um, and you get the symbol that means X. Um, if you found that information online and not from someone who is uh, familiar culturally with that group, whether it's a, a language or it's a you know art uh, symbolism. Um, the likelihood of you actually having an accurate representation of the concept that you're going for is pretty slim. Um, some of the binaries that I've come across that mean certain things, um, like not even close. The runes that are being included, um, in, in my opinion and experience based on my 20 years of research and um, use and talking to other people who work with these things um, on a, a regular basis. Um, you know, these meanings are ridiculous, unrelated, and uh, like, just, it, nonsense. just nonsensical. Um, I had um, a couple come in and when initially they contacted me, they wanted a Chinese proverb. Um, which they gave to me in English. I asked them what font they wanted their English, you know, Chinese proverb in. They said, we don't know. Um, we'll look it up and send you pictures. They did. The, um, what they sent me was a Pinterest page of kanji uh, with like one word meanings underneath, um, all related. This is like a, a relationship <clears throat> tattoo. Um, and uh, from what I could tell, 
uh, I don't know anything about kanji, but the, the one word uh, meanings uh, didn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense based on the quote that they had originally sent me. Um, when they came in, I said, okay, what of these, what, which of these are you looking to get? What combination of these are, represent that quote? And they were like, oh, we thought you would know. I'm, I'm definitely not Chinese, uh, number one. I was like, well, do you know someone who's Chinese that can translate for you? Because I don't know that any of these marks mean the things that they say they mean. Um, and their answer was, oh, we figured that you would know. Um, and we're artists, we're not linguists. So, um, and, you know, in the end, I convinced them just to get it done in English in a nice script. But any of those marks could have meant anything. We have seen um, people with Chinese uh, kanji on them that the people that we know that are fluent Chinese speakers laugh hysterically at because instead of, you know, someone's name, like instead of saying Mike, it says girl power or... Um, and it's not spelled right, so you know they didn't mean to say girl power. Right. So that is cultural appropriation to me and, and also just stupid. Um, Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to give you a few examples. Um, Halloween, wassailing, okay, wassailing. Do you know what that is? That's, that's a connected to Christmas, okay. The Headless Horseman, vampires. It, am I even starting to click? Do you know what I'm talking about? Because what I'm talking about is Irish mythology. But the reason I bring it up this way is that when I ask someone about their Irish heritage, this takes me, it's less than five seconds. I know whether or not you know anything about your heritage. I'll do your tattoo, but you'll never know that I think you're an absolute idiot. Um, that your Irish heritage is a friggin' leprechaun and some coins and a harp and some other shit. That means that while you may be Irish and you may have Irish heritage, what you've done for work to research what you're putting on your body to represent your heritage is this. It's goose egg. It's jack. It's nothing. And that is offensive. If you come to me and you want to get, you know, some fake Irish heritage thing, you come in and you go, yeah, I'm Irish. I want to get a shamrock. And I'm looking at you. And I'm or a like, Celtic cross. Celtic cross, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, you haven't done any research. Do I get upset? No, because to me, that's nonsensical symbolism that's really made for people who don't do any research. And so it's not really cultural appropriation. You're not hurting my culture. And yet still that bothers me. What bothers me even more is the people who supposedly do some work and research and they are Irish and they do want to get something that's connected to their mythology, but they won't do research, but they also won't be open to any ideas. Again, this goes back to appropriation versus appreciation. You can actually be Irish. You can actually have genetic roots to this and still be appropriating your own culture because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Um, I also find it frustrating as someone who takes their heritage very seriously that not only does it bother me when other people don't understand it, but when my own people don't understand it. 
you're representing when you when you're doing something. If I'm doing kiratui on someone, I am saying not only do I am I well, I'm not stealing or appropriating your heritage, but I am making money off of it, and. I'm not helping to further break down the walls of bullshit and nonsense that others are building up that steal your cultural narrative. It's finally just gotten to the point where I can't handle it anymore. You know, when we were driving yesterday and we go by Navajo trucking out of Colorado, and aside from the fact that graphically the image was bad and and like the character on the side of the trucks kind of facing three quarters backwards, they took a native woman with blue eyes, and yes, I'm sure they exist, but let's be realistic here, no. Uh, and they've got her face the wrong way in the truck. It's like a tattoo on somebody who's never given it a bit of thought, but they're like, yeah, I'm Native American, I want a fucking dream catcher, sorry. I want a dream catcher or something like, what, what? And, and you're Irish, you could get a shamrock inside the dream catcher. And then you, you know, right. So, and that's, so they, these are kind of the other areas that cultural appropriation is something to think about before you get tattooed. So the, the rules that I have, um, is I, I don't do, um, well, I don't do dead native people, no skulls nope. with headdresses. Nope. I'm not all right with that. Nope. I'm not even a little bit interested. Um, I don't do uh ladies in war bonnets um not just not okay um i don't do um i have done dream catchers i'm kind of not interested going forward i think i'm done with dream catchers forever Um, yeah i'm so tired the last one i did kind of broke my soul a little bit yep um other than the fact that it's super unoriginal it's very like uh, it's just like why? Why do you need a dream catcher? Like dream catchers are spiritual tools and they have a meaning and a purpose and a, and a use you work with them. Um, dream catchers are the tram stamp of native American cultural appropriation tattoos. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but like putting one on your body doesn't make any sense. Like that is not a logical thing. Dream catchers protect you from bad dreams as the very base kind of idea about what they're... So, like, why would putting one on your arm... Like, why would you put one on your arm with your kids' names and yeah, their favorite flowers? Yeah, those are your bad dreams that you and your, Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's just silly. Um, like, you know it, like the, the there was a, a meme... I used to work for Hot Topic, and there was a meme, like, I don't even know, five, six, seven years ago, who knows? Um, and it was a navel ring, and we sold these, so it made me laugh. Um... A naval barbell with a dream catcher, and it was like, you know, white girls, you know, wear these to to get the nightmares out of the JJ's, um, you know, something like that. <laughs> like, like exactly. Like you don't. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That's just silly. So, um, the other thing um, that I see a lot of is people using like Hindu cultural symbols. Oh God, yeah, all um, the time. That don't make any sense and putting them in weird places. So on this, I'm going to give an example. I had a woman who contacted me about um, wanting to do this sleeve. And she was like, this is what I'm into. I like flowers, but not roses. And I like 
um, yoga and Buddhism. And there was one other thing, but it's not important. Um, and then she sent me a ton of completely unrelated images stylistically. Some of them had some like Hindu, um, design work. Um, there was like an unalome with a lotus and and some flowers and like, long story short when I and I'm going to always ask these questions if you're talking about spiritual symbols I'm going to ask what you're trying to accomplish with your marks because in my excuse me um, in my philosophy um, you, if you're getting spiritual marks on you, it's because they, you have a spiritual need for those marks. Um, and if I think that you're maybe not headed in the right direction based on what you would like to accomplish with those spiritual marks, then I'm going to ask you a lot of questions to determine that. So I can, we can kind of work into the right direction. So I said, okay, what concepts, Buddhist concepts do you want to include? Is there a yoga philosophy that you want to include? Um, and her response was just more pictures. Um, and so I had her come in for a consult and what she actually wanted was like an unalome with a lotus um, with some Mendy designs. So Mendy uh, being um, the henna pattern work of traditional um, Indian culture um, <clears throat> that has very specific spiritual um, meanings um, and purposes. So um, needless to say, this person uh, never showed up for their appointment when I booked them, um, which is not terribly surprising. Not at all. Um, but they weren't actually interested in anything. They just thought it was cool. And if you think something is cool and you don't know anything about it, that is cultural appropriation. Like if you've done the research and you have an understanding of what those symbols mean and they are related to your personal practice, whatever that is, yep. if, if it's something that has direct meaning and impact on your life, that's appreciation. If it is just cool or pretty or interesting, that is appropriation if you know nothing about the cultural tradition. I got a simple one for you. I can tell the difference between appreciation and appropriation. If it's a white woman who does yoga, and that's how she starts off talking to me, every single thing she's into is cultural appropriation because they don't appreciate anything. And while we're at it, because now I'm steamed up a little bit, and I'm gonna give you another example of having your own culture and appropriating your own culture. This has to do with Native American culture. When it comes to people who talk about cultural appropriation, it's almost always people who are culturally appropriating other cultures. Like the, the, the yoga nonsense. Uh, if you do yoga and you think that's your spiritual practice, you're doing stretching. Most of what you're doing is not yoga. It has nothing to do with the actual practices of yoga. It's stretching and gymnastics made up for bored housewives. That's all this crap is. Uh, if you want to understand a spiritual tradition, that takes dedication and practice, not expensive pants and talking about your fucking diet. 
I can't stand that crap. So I'm going to give you an example again, like I've mentioned Irish people being into the Irish thing and not even getting it. I'll give you one that I had over 10 years ago. It's the most cringeworthy, one of the most cringeworthy tattoo experiences I have ever had in my life. And uh, if you're old enough, you're my generation, you remember the sad, I'm gonna call him an Indian because he's not a Native American, the sad Indian commercial where the trash goes flying out the window and a guy who is definitely not Native American is crying while wearing a headdress. He's Sicilian, he wasn't Native American at all. But um, Americans don't know what Native American, indigenous people look like here at all. So they go, yeah, it's a Native guy. Yeah, tan. This guy walked into the studio, he looked like that guy which was my first thought about how this was all gonna go, was that this guy looked like him. He looked like this character. He talked like a stereotypical Indian. I'm not kidding you, and I'm not saying the word to be offensive. I'm saying that's how he talked. He literally talked to me. He was like, I want to get something for my people. And this is a sacred mark for my people is the turtle. Uh, and it shows the four directions, uh, the agreements between the universal fathers. And this is how this guy talked. And I'm looking at him like, I don't know what to do here. Cause you can say you have indigenous blood and not look indigenous. And you could also not have indigenous blood and look like you might be. It's sometimes difficult to tell, uh, the more familiar you become. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, well, I don't know. He could have indigenous and just, he doesn't look it. I don't know, I can't judge, I don't know anything. So I ended up doing this insane, weird turtle tattoo on him. This is the mark of my people. And he made me a reed pipe, which was actually kind of impressive. It was very, it's handmade reed pipe, I still have it, it's wild. About a month later, I tattoo this kid and uh, he's talking about stuff and I was like, we we're just talking back and forth and I was like, well, yeah. You know, there's some weird, I get some weirdos in here. He goes, yeah, you tattooed my dad last month. And I was like, Who, who's, who's your dad? <laughs> He's like, uh, he goes, I don't want to, we, we call him Chief Four Feathers. I have no idea, like, how to, oh, there we go. It's actually this length. Yeah. yeah. I was like, he's like, he's like, he discovered we had Native American heritage about five years ago and he went completely off the deep end. I was like, oh, I see. So this guy found out he had Native American culture, and instead of researching what his background was, he simply just generically looked up anything Native. I'm sure his Google searches looked like what do Indians talk like, how do Indians make a peace pipe, crap like that. So he did have Indigenous heritage. They actually were a large percent, I think it was like a third Indigenous, and yet this guy didn't do any research. You, you, you can't just, this is what I'm coming down to. It's spirituality, everything in life right now, where the general consensus seems to be that people see something and they go, Ooh, I like that. I'll adopt that. I'll grab that. That's how we did it with the rotational grazing. We saw a thing on it. We said, that makes sense. We looked into it and we we're almost out the gate. Like, yeah, but that was two years ago. It's taken us two years of research and reading and watching videos and going to study this and we're still not even there yet. Right. So if somebody asked if I do rotational grazing, the answer is nope. no, but I'm interested in it. I'm not, you know, we're building our way towards a farm. That's right. what I'm saying. And 
maybe it's because of the way the world is now where you get ideas There's a lot of yeah. where you get ideas where people think they're owed something. People think they automatically get a percentage of something. Maybe that's why they then think that it's okay to go just take something from someone else as long as you like it that's okay right well and that's and that's the thing number one we're all like instant gratification um and what i this is my thought theory on kind of why this happens especially in the u.s although there's certainly um i mean this has been happening in you know with europeans for a while because that's how colonization works is you go to an area and you're like oh that's cool i like that i'll do that um but I think because we don't have, and this is something that we need to work on um, as, as a culture, we don't have any strong cultural traditions or links to our past. We are all um, very much separated from, from the land. Um, even a lot of people who are indigenous here have become separated from the land over time. Um, as they've been moved, you know, forcibly from place to place, you know, living on a reservation is not awesome at all. Um, you know, there's a good portion of, um, people who live on reservations who don't have running water or electricity or heat in their house. That's not, um, you know, a wood stove, um, so like a lot of people move away from those areas and kind of leave behind their traditions. All of the immigrants who have come to this place, all of the settlers, colonizers, conquistadors came here. We have, you know, no direct connection to the land if you're European ancestored. Um, no matter how many generations you've been here now, yeah, obviously you can build up a connection to the land, but you actually have to actively work on building your connection to this land um, in a respectful way. Um, but because we've left all of our traditions behind, um, a lot of people came to the you know new world and wanted to start fresh and don't want their children to have the connection to their culture. So you know, they don't speak their traditional languages. They don't eat their traditional foods necessarily. Um, they don't follow traditional spiritual customs. Um, we're lost um, on a, um, when it comes to like symbolic language, to images, to concepts, ideas about the universe. Um, and because of that, we're kind of grasping at straws. We're, we're looking for things that have meaning to other people. That means they have meaning. And they're try you're trying to wear them and and connect to them in some right. way. Can I piggyback on that for just a second? Give me a second. Okay. And until you start actually actively looking for your own support, for the things that mean something to you because of your life experience or your um, cultural background or your family, your interests, whatever it is, until you actively start trying to create your own symbolic language, then you will forever be appropriating other people's culture, in my opinion. Yep. So 
what I'm going to add to this is that you need to think about what was done to these people. And this is a point that we always come back to is that it wasn't just done to them. This was done to you. Right. And let me spell it out for you. Another group comes in. They want to separate you from your land, your language, your practices, your resources. Doesn't matter what it is. We've been doing this to each other for thousands and thousands of years. And the reason Europeans are good at it is because it was done to us a lot sooner than it was done to a lot of other cultures. And we learned how to do it and we carried it over. And so you mean longer. Ago. Longer. Yeah. So what I'm going to point out here is this, is that this weapon is so dangerous, that weapon of separating people from those things, that it's you cannot use this weapon for good. It doesn't work that way, in my opinion. So when you start to fracture a society, you're not fixing it. When, when we're upset now because we have to find out more information, and a lot of people, the answer is, let's get rid of everything now. Yeah. No, without narrative, without expectation, without tradition, you don't have a society anymore. Right. There's no more culture. This is what was done to these people. This is what has happened to them. You do not correct this by doing it to your own culture now. We systematically take away traditions and then wonder why we're more lost. We systematically are cutting away at our own roles and our own our own traditions, our own rites of passage. Right. And then we wonder why we're lost. You know, you can't, you know, people get upset by Merry Christmas. It's ridiculous. People don't want to say We're not Christians the, either. We're it not doesn't Christians. bother. Or, and, know, and I can I can understand. Yeah. Yep. The the fourth of July this year, we're not gonna celebrate that. That's racist. This is a technique being used by a group right now that is continuing this severing, separating, destruction, self-hatred, self-loathing narrative that has been going on for thousands of years. If you didn't like it 500 years ago when, the, you know, well, let's say it was the church, I hate to blame the church, but it was the church, and they're telling that people church. that your, your traditions are evil and your practices are evil, it, you're, it's the same thing again. We're doing it again. The trick to this is, is that you can have your tradition, like you can celebrate Christmas as a Christian. Now, just because you're not celebrating, it doesn't make you a bad person. And just because we're celebrating it as Christmas and Yule and winter solstice and whatever else we choose mm -hmm. does not detract from someone else's celebration of Christmas. We need to learn how to go I can do this, and you can do this, and we can respect one another, we can care for things. You and I can look at indigenous art and indigenous cultural practices, and we can share these ideas with people, and we can do representations of these in art to share them without appropriating them. Right. You know, we can appreciate and right. share appreciation, and we, as people in this country specifically, I think, need to learn how to do this. Right. You know. Every land on earth has been stolen. It's all stolen land. This land is, land in Europe is. There's no, this idea that you're gonna fix that by going back or sending well, people back, yeah. it isn't possible because we can never go back. There's no going back, there's forward. We can only you can forward. only go forward. So we have to figure out how to respect 
and listen and understand one another and uphold one another's traditions and values without taking. Right, and that's the thing. We're like very much a consumer culture. It is, what can I get? What what am I owed? What am I taking? What am I, like, what, 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 me, 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 me. Even people who are, um, you know, putting themselves out there as um, uh, very against cultural appropriation, still have the mentality of like what do i get yeah. because we're that is culturally we're a large unfortunately, how, how our well how our culture is right now um because and i think it's because we've moved away from the land this is one of the reasons we want to get back to the land um because you have no direct connection to your place um to any place um because if you did, you would realize how much damage your current lifestyle does to someone else's place. Like, it doesn't have to be your place that it's happening, um, dear. Um, Didn't make it. it. You know, what we do in the U.S. is uh, directly impacts other countries. Um, you know, mining and, uh, you know, uh, fracking and how about one the other day, though, uh, like, know, like dedicating a pair of shoes for every pair of shoes bought. We think we're doing something great. And if you ask people in parts of Africa that are receiving these shoes, they're like, would you please stop? Right. We got one guy down the street who was making a living making shoes and you're screwing it up. And now, you, now he can't make a yeah. living because there's too much charity. Now, charity is a good thing, but charity also can take away unnecessary or over... Uh, over overindulgent charity can take away people's um, self-sustainability and self-determination. And and you have to consider what your impact is on on what around you. So relating to, you know, things like body modification, and that includes the clothing you wear, realistically. It's like when you go shopping, do you know where your clothes are coming from? Are you taking the time and energy to research the damage that's being done um, on a human level, on a, a land level, on a um, environmental level? Um, are you thinking about, um, you know, the the wages of the people that are sewing your clothes? Um, my goal, you know, I don't buy a lot of clothes for myself. Um, she really doesn't. And uh, and going forward, my clothing investments, because I worked in fast fashion for a really long time, it's gross. Um, you know, $20 t-shirts um, that, you know, are uh, made with resources in other countries um, and then shipped over here, it, like, bleh, that fall apart because they, you know, were sewn by someone making five cents an hour. Um, like that's not okay. Um, so going forward, you know, my thought process is if I'm investing in clothes, I'm, I'm going to focus more on slow fashion, finding individuals who, um, have a skill, have a style that I like. And, um, you know, it may cost me three or four times what I would pay. Um, but 
I'm, you know, I know that I'm supporting a good company, an individual, um, and their art form. Um, when it comes to, um, you well, know, yeah. so how about this? Like another way to look at it. So T points, all those points are valid, all of them. But what about instead of from a shame perspective? How about I say this? Aren't you worth more? Well, aren't, aren't also you that, worth yeah. more. You're worth more than this. You have value as a being. I don't know why we can't. Right. People get upset with me when I'm like, why would I put this tattoo on you? This is there's no originality right. with this. Right. Like, well, you just don't want to do it. I'm like, no, I don't want to adorn you with crap. Right. You have one left arm. Why you ask me to do a sleeve of crap? I, I don't want to do it. You as a being should love yourself enough and value yourself enough to go instead of buying whatever the latest fashion trend is. And honestly, they're all weird. Why not get something that really makes you feel good? Right. That really brings value to your life. Right. I mean, and I've got a few shirts that you got for me for Christmas that are I'm wearing one right now. It's one of my wool shirts and my favorite shirts. I know it's properly resourced. I know it's healthy. I know it's the right thing. I know it's fair trade. And even more than that, I know it feels good against my skin. And I'm taking care. I feel when I put this on, I feel like she's hugging me. I feel like I've nurtured myself. I'm not advertising for a company on the front. I don't have a shirt that advertise. I had a teacher in high school who used to give us crap and wanted to know how much we were getting paid by the companies whose brand names we're wearing. I'm like, none. We paid more money for that. He goes, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And he was right. Yep. Like, same thing applies to you, though. It, when you adorn yourself, I don't care if it's, you know, you think it's so that applies to tattoos. This applies to everything. Right. And but that's one of the things too is when we have people come to us and they wanna get tattooed. Because for us, getting tattooed is sacred. Period. It doesn't matter. Again, and we've said this before, like the person getting tattooed may not view it that way, and that's fine. But I view it that way as a practitioner that every mark I make on you is a sacred mark. End of story. Um, and if you haven't put any work into thinking about how you're marking yourself, what you're putting on your body for the rest of your life, or your attitude is, well, I can always cover it up later, or I can laser it off. Um, that, it, like, tattoos are not fashion, um, but you're doing yourself a disservice by wanting to get, especially, Pinterest tattoos, oh other people's tattoos, other people's ideas, other people's symbols, those people have reasons for getting those marks on their body. Whether they're, you know, cultural, traditional symbols, or they're, you know, something that's more contemporary, you know. Come up with your own ideas. Invest in yourself. Think if you're not sure what you want to get tattooed, that's okay. Think about it. What is important in your life? What do you want to communicate to the other people? What do you want to talk about when people ask you what your tattoo means? That's an important thing. Um, you know what? And, 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 and what are the symbols in your life? What are the things that come up for you all the time? Whether it's flowers that have meaning because your grandmother likes flowers or birds or um, other animals or uh, spiritual concepts or like what it, numbers, whatever it is. Think about the things that are important in your life. Think about the aesthetics. What do you find to be beautiful? 
Start putting those ideas together. And when you have kind of a body of, of ideas, you can start thinking about the symbols, like having your own symbolic visual language. It doesn't have to be related to anyone else's. It doesn't have to be like uh, Victorians had a whole symbol system for flowers, which I think is really cool. And I've got a number of books on it. I think it's really fascinating. And there are reasons and history and folklore associated with all those meanings. So that I find really, really interesting. But your meanings don't have to match up with previous meanings. It's okay if they go off on their own direction. Um, but make sure you've done the work. Do the, you know, go through the thought process to figure out um, what is important to you and your life and your way of life, your lifestyle, your whatever, and start there. You know, I'm going to add to this that if you just pick out a symbol, if you do a little bit of work and, and you do some due diligence and you get a symbol, symbol, whatever that is, right. and you decide that needs to be in your body, you know that when you encounter other people who just glanced at the symbol, that they didn't do as much work as you. Now, if you're someone who that's not as, that's not how it works, it has to be even longer. When you finally pick your design, when you run into the person who puts some due diligence into the symbol and you listen to them talk about the person who picked one out of interest, you know that they're only a step beyond that. The people, and this works with your spiritual tradition, it works with your brain, it works with life and learning and everything. The people who spend their entire life continually working on thinking about growing, all these things, those people are the ones who've realized that the symbol itself does not matter as much as the experience that it took you to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And those people aren't hung up on a symbol right. or a thing they saw on Pinterest. Those people are doing serious spiritual work. Those people are growing as beings. Those people are the people who go, hey, I've spent years working on myself. What are you doing? And if you don't have the right answer, then you're not on the same page as them. The people who get to the end of this life, who did the work, who thought through things difficultly, are gonna meet the same end that the people who didn't think at all. The difference is, is that the people who thought about it, the people who worked on it, the people who worked towards a goal, the people who actually did something as opposed to talking about it, the people who invest serious time in their spiritual well-being and their relationships and their education of their mind at the end of their life, those people, hopefully you're one of them, you look back over your life and you go, I filled up volumes. I asked the right questions, I got good answers because I worked hard or I learned to ask even better questions. I don't have a bunch of things on me. I have markers of life experience, serious, reflective, deep, profound life experience because that's what I'm about, that's what I earned. Everything else, respectfully speaking, starts to look like a bullshit billboard when you look at life like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's traditionally tattooing and, and we're, you know, talk more about that because that's our passion and our livelihood. 
Um, and the reason that we do a lot of what we do is related back to, um, you know, body modification in general. But when you're 80 years old, people always ask, like, you know, what's going to be like when you're old and wrinkled and you're just covered in tattoos? Well, everyone gets old and wrinkled. Whether you have tattoos or not, you know, your skin's not going to be awesome. However, um, if you're tattooed and you have invested a lot of thought into what you put on your body, how you mark yourself for the rest of your life, when you're 80, that's going to remind you of those really important times and ideas and that part of your life and what you were going through and experiencing and what was important to you at that time. And you can, you can map your life across your body. Um, and when you're in your, you know, golden years, um, you will be reminded of all of those experiences and maybe not the details of them, maybe more of the general, you know, depending on, but your body will tell your story for you as opposed to picking random things off of Pinterest. And we see this all the time. We do, we do cover-ups all the time, or sometimes we're not, we can't even do cover-ups because these tattoos are so bad. People picking stuff off of Pinterest, off of a flash wall, um, stuff that their friends liked so they got it to all of this stuff and it's so disappointing to have these marks permanently on your body that have no connection to you your life your understanding of the universe your cultural practices your spiritual practices your family whatever it is having stuff that you have to see every day that means nothing to you is disappointing at the very least um and sometimes it's embarrassing and sometimes it's really sad um because you have huge tracts of your body covered in crap do you really want to remind her of how little work you did to pick a tattoo out because that's a lot of the ones we have to cover exactly also uh i get two things to say but the, the one of them is uh when you go to your tattoo artist and you go i hate this tattoo but you're not willing to invest any time in either trying to remove it or listening to the artist right. tell you that the design you're talking about won't work and then you're just like, well, pick whatever. Uh, it's like kind of like going to suck helium out of a balloon and sucking out a fart. There's really no value to it. It's a terrible thing for us to have to deal with. So instead of bothering, don't even don't even bother. Right, yeah. And the other thing is, I, I'm gonna forget, okay. and then you can finish this off. Um, it takes no talent at all this this goes into the reductionist mindset that i hate it takes no talent to walk out somewhere and go there's a water bubbler over there no one cares about that this is a talentless thing to do uh it takes some talent but not a lot to know how to get a bucket and get water out of a well okay it takes some talent it takes no talent to stand around the well and go you know you guys should really build more wells that's a talentless thing that's obnoxious and stupid If you have so many good ideas, why aren't you building more wells? It takes talent to know how to build a well. It takes more talent to know where, why, how. It takes even more to know the value of those things. The world needs more people who, instead of just standing around and go, why doesn't somebody do something? You should have to give more of your stuff to fix this. If you have so much energy and you have so much philanthropy in your heart, get off your ass and figure it out yourself. If you really want to spiritually transform your body, do it. 
And don't think it comes from picking something off Pinterest. Right. And that's, and that's the other thing is that um, putting spiritual symbols on your body doesn't fix the problem. Um, it can remind you of ideas that you want to bring to the forefront of your mind on a daily basis or a regular basis. But it won't fix it. You have to do the work. Um, I do a lot of binders for people. Um, <clears throat> And uh, generally I ask them what they want to accomplish. Um, and part of it is because it becomes kind of like a, a back of your mind reminder of, um, of what you are trying to accomplish. So you kind of like trick yourself into doing it subconsciously, um, but you can't expect it to, if you're like, I really suck at, um, I don't know, remembering to meditate. Um, so I want a mark that makes me meditate more. Um, it can remind you to meditate, but it isn't going to make you meditate more. Um, and that's a really base example. Um, but like you can't get a relationship tattoo to fix a relationship. You know, like if your relationship is not awesome, you can't get a tattoo to make it better because it won't get better. Um, and we have people to ask that all the time. Um, you can get a mark to commemorate a relationship, but understand relationships end. Yep. Um, you know, in, in a variety of ways and in a variety of timelines. Um, so make sure that is a, a a relationship you would like to commemorate even after it is done. Um, and I don't mean just, you know, love relationships, but friend relationships and family relationships and work relationships. I mean, I don't and, want to get into the spiritual of it, but like, what if you got a rune, a bind rune to extend a relationship? I want to be in a relationship. It's, it's like magic, guys. It's like magic. If, if the girl next door, you, you want to fall in love with the girl next door, and you do a spell that says, right, make me fall in love with the girl next door, make her fall in love with me, and she only wants to fall in love with the quote lawn mile of head, a person with one arm, guess what's about to happen? You're gonna lose your arm in an industrial accident, so you conform with your will, and therefore you end up in a relationship. If if you're going out with this idea that, you know, I need a binder and that says I need to be in a relationship, maybe it just drags on your terrible marriage for another 20 years and yeah. kills the two of you. Right. Growth. Growth is the right. point of spirituality, yeah. not a stopping point. Right. So always keep that in mind. Um, whatever you mark your body with, the intentions are important. Um, and they don't have to be big intentions. They don't have to be huge concepts. They just have to work for you right now. Um, but make sure that you are not going to move beyond that and not want them there. That would be the other thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. I think, I think that's yeah. good. There's so much. Well, There's a lot to unpack with it. We need to do another one over sovereign body. Oh, yeah. We didn't even get into but that. But we didn't get into that. So maybe we'll do another one that we do sovereign body. And uh, we'll do that as a separate. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, and we'll. You know, let us know what you guys think of the video version of the podcast. Yeah, do you yeah. like this? I mean. If we weren't in the car, and I, I think some people are like, I'm tired of watching them talk in the car. Some people are fine with it. 
Like if we were to do, there might be some noise. There might be some noise. If we do it again, we might do it as a walk through the woods, or we might do it at the house. I just don't know if people care about seeing a video of what's going on or not. Yeah. Like, so let us know if you like this format, and we'll keep it up. Um, or if there's anything that you would change about it, also. Um, and if you have anything to add to the conversation, we always love comments. Yeah. Um, by all means. Like, if you find something interesting in here, share it with other people. Don't hesitate to subscribe. We're going to try to do the actual audio podcast a little bit more frequently. I know we keep saying that, but I, we really yeah. do mean it this time. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you.